because I knew I could make a course on anything on all sorts of different things, but I wanted to really leave an impact in the world and specifically help women. Welcome to Her Money Club Stories. We do not talk about budgets, retirement, or the hustle and grind here. We talk about money, time, and energy freedom. We are here to reimagine our relationship with money, to collaborate and celebrate other women who are doing the same. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to explore your passions and monetize your skills and talents and what lights you up? Can you even make money and a living living that kind of life? You can. Her Money Club allows you to explore all of the possibilities to create the time, money, and joy your heart desires deep down. Tune in as we guide you in reimagining your relationship with money. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachelle Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club. Today we have a really fantastic guest. I'm super excited to share with you, Katie Jones. She is actually a part of the Abundance Circle that I'm in. So we have a lot of different things that we connect on um, week over week, but I really wanted to bring her on for her to share her journey to six figures of income with you. And just having watched this journey myself, I wanted Katie to share from her perspective what was going on in her mindset, in her day-to-day habits, and the work that she does with all of you so you can really expand into more possibility in this area. So Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Rachelle. It's an honor. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't mind just sharing with the audience a little bit about what type of work that you do, and then also a little bit of how you got into it. Yeah. So I am a manifestation, witch, a spiritual life coach, a business mentor. And how did I get into this work? Well, I'd probably have to back up all the way to my religious upbringing where I grew up in a Southern Baptist home. We were talking to spirit God on a regular basis. And that was just normal to me to be speaking with unseen forces in my life. While I don't identify with any one particular religion now, I use that relationship that I created with God as from a, from a child, I use that every single day. I was also a camp counselor. I was also a cheerleader. So I feel like all of those things combine perfectly together to create this job that I do now, which is helping other light workers, other healers to start and scale their businesses. Mm, I love that. And I want to mention, because I think this is an important correlation that you and I have is you're traveling in a van, I'm traveling the world. So I think that brings in an extra spiciness <laughs> to the work that we do in online business and an extra element of surprise sometimes and uncertainty. So, um, yeah, just as, as we kind of go through our conversation, feel free to bring up how that, um, kind of interacts in your work. So, Um, Something I want to start with, because I think it's probably the most often asked question that I get is, how did you get started in business? And what were kind of the, I would say, elements or values that were important for you when you got started? 
Yeah. So back in the summer of 2018, I really wanted to purchase a course on creating courses. I had a podcast at that point, but it wasn't monetizing in any way. And I didn't want to sell someone else's product on my, I mean, on my podcast and then only get affiliate income. I wanted to have all of the income and this course on creating courses was called course from scratch by Danielle Leslie. And she mentioned that you know, don't create a course just to make money, create a course that you want to be your legacy. And I was like, well, what do I want to be known for? And I wanted to be known as somebody who taught people how to manifest because I had used manifestation back in high school to manifest my way into my dream university. Um, and I had watched the secret and basically applied everything they taught me into, to do this. And it worked. And I was like, I don't know if I can teach other people how to manifest. So I basically launched a course for free called manifest your best life. And it worked. I taught people how to manifest growth in their income. I mean, growth in their income and in their businesses, healing, transformation, better relationships, et cetera. So I was like, okay, this is a thing. This actually works. And eventually I ended up finding a business coach or she found me rather. And I worked with her for starting in the spring of 2019. And we I mean, we still technically work together. I'm not currently in one of her programs, but I was in one of her masterminds when I got to six figures, which I'm happy to talk about more, but she's the one that taught me how to sell high ticket and how to value myself as a high ticket coach. And she always jokes that when she found me and her name is DL Sharon, by the way, when she found me, I was selling $44 courses, (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious somewhere. Some people never get started. So this is important. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I started off selling courses and then coaching and from there, women's circles, retreats, and now I'm doing one-on-one coaching and group coaching and retreats. That's kind of my bread and butter right now. Mm. And that's kind of how I got started was, was really just failing forward basically. (laughs) And the values, (laughs) the values were like, we're, we're so much deeper than money, right? Because I knew I could make a course on anything on all sorts of different things, but I wanted to really leave an impact in the world and specifically help women. Um, I know that men and women have benefited from my content, but growing up as the only girl, I just really wanted to support other women on their journeys and to empower them that they can do and be and have anything they wanted. My mom was a chemical engineer in Texas, a black woman, chemical engineer in Texas. So it like pipeline type of situation. Right. So she really did a good job of instilling in me that I can do anything I set my mind to. And I really owe a lot to her because she was my first mindset coach. You know, she was the one that taught me how to like deflect negative energy and, you know, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off of me, sticks onto you type of thing, you know? So the values are leaving an impact that is so much bigger than, than money, so much bigger than um, myself and really opening myself up to being guided by spirit, by source, being used, um, using my gifts, using my experiences to support women on their journeys. I want to bring up, um, human design because now I'm curious, are you a manifesting generator or a projector projector? Okay. Because I was like, it's going to go one way or the other, because if, and for those of you who don't know human design, go look it up because we're going to get into some tangents here, but, um, it's fascinating that you it's 
like, as you were sharing, I was thinking like, wow, she's like, you know, kind of jumping all over the place, but really your progression is very projector like of like, okay, courses, then this type of work. And then that like a, a deep mastery of the things that you're doing. And so for those of you who are projectors out there and know this, this is really, really powerful for you to lean into. And I don't know if you want to share just of what you know of, of projector life and how that's really supported you. But I think as I tend to, for whatever reason, like my partner's a projector, my best friend's a projector, I'm a manifest generator. I'm like, I don't know how I attract all these projectors, but it's a thing. Like if you want to maybe share just a little bit of like how you use maybe human design or other tools to support you in manifesting money, creating a business, those types of things. Yeah. So one of my biggest takeaways when I learned I was a projector, had my chart read and had that reflected to me was that I'm really only supposed to work four hours a day. And that, so I actually didn't even start thinking about becoming an entrepreneur until I read the four hour work week. And I was like, hold on a second, this is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) So from the very beginning, I was working multiple jobs and paying my podcast manager before I was even paying myself because I knew I didn't want to build a business that I had to run myself because Mm -hmm. I would not thrive in that situation. I don't love working eight hours a day, even if it's work that I love to do and that lights me up, it will drain, it'll drain me. So I definitely don't work more than four hours a day. I outsource a lot. I'm promoting my assistant to an OBM next month because, you know, giving her more responsibility and that's scary sometimes, right? Because it means that I'm paying her the same that I was paying myself, you know, just a year or so ago. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that means that I have more freedom. That means I get to live in the vibration of abundance. I get to live in the vibration of flexibility and live in my van and travel how I want to and explore how I want to. And that to me is so much worth it. Like that is, that is beyond worth it to pay someone else more and have more freedom for myself. I have very little, like few expenses, right? It's just the van right now, feeding myself and my dog, insurance and gas. Like that's pretty much it. So I don't need a whole lot to thrive and survive. And knowing that it allows me to kind of release the responsibility of the things that I just really don't want to do in my business. I don't want to edit podcasts. I don't want to write emails. I'll I'll edit the email, you know, make sure that it's in my voice, but I don't want to sit there and write it. So yeah, that's kind of how I've integrated it into my business. And then also projectors aren't really supposed to. So the way it's been uh, explained to me is that projectors are like lighthouses and we're supposed to shine our light and let the ships find us. So I'm not going into people's DMs and you know, cold pitching or anything like that. I'm, I am letting people reach out to me first and kind of validate me that they're interested in my work. And then I guide them into the process that I teach. So that's kind of how I integrate my human design a few ways. That's perfect. And really powerful to understand how that can specifically look in a business. And you mentioned something interesting And I want to kind of tap into it. So when you are delegating and delegation, it doesn't matter if you run a business or don't run a business. I think this is, in my experience, one of the hardest things that women in particular have have just a challenge doing, delegating someone to do your laundry or clean your house or cook your food or all these different things. And 
I've always been a fan of it personally, but I felt guilty in the past about it because it's like, well, I have the money to, I can do this thing. You know, I don't clean my house. I don't want to clean my house. And then I finally realized and gave myself the permission, like, no, everyone gets to fucking do this. (laughs) Like, why are we doing this? Why are we talking about this? So I don't know if you had any kind of similar experience in, in taking that leap to delegate tasks and responsibilities, but can you maybe share your mindset and process around how you did learn to release the responsibilities? Yeah. I mean, for me, it wasn't too hard to delegate in the beginning because it was the the first thing I delegated and it's still delegated is podcast editing, which takes me so long and is so boring. And there's so many other things that I'd rather be doing in my business. So it was kind of a no brainer to go ahead and outsource that. Granted, it does take a while and I'm still working with that same podcast manager. She's now become my VA. She's now being promoted to an OBM and we're still refining things, right? We're still constantly tweaking and, you know, working on our communication. We're finally to the point now where we have weekly check-in calls, you know, and I don't know that I necessarily ever felt bad about delegating things. There are like right now I'm in the process of finding a social media manager so that I don't need to be on the app on Instagram, which is how I really find most of my clients. And for me, it's less about feeling bad about delegating and more about trusting somebody because I grew my entire Entire, I grew my entire business on Instagram. So to let that go is really scary for me um, because I'm like, well, they could just change my password and take all my followers. Right. And like, you know? right, right. <laughs> um, but I know that when I can take a step back from Instagram and think about my business more high level, it's only going to just skyrocket. So for me, yeah. it's a, it's a trust thing. And I'm at the point now where I'm kind of inching along with that process and giving people like small test tasks and seeing like, can I trust this person? Um, Just within the past few months, I've had situations within my business where I didn't have things in writing. I didn't have contracts in place and people took advantage of that. And that stings so badly as a business owner, because you know that that's on you, Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. but we all have to learn that lesson at some point. So mm-hmm. on different yeah. levels, absolutely. Something that might support you in this, because this was a challenge I had, especially early on in my Facebook group, because I wanted to outsource the engagement piece, which is someone really being me and like doing a lot of the tedious work that was posting in other groups and, and really engaging to bring people into um, my group. And when I finally decided to like, okay, relinquish this and let someone else do it. And, you know, they had the scripts and the things and we met every week and refined it. What I realized was like super profound. Like she does it better than I do it. <laughs> and I'm just like, mm, yep. Just like everything else I delegate, like they're going to figure out the way. Cause they're going to do it so repetitively and enjoy it because that's what they want to be doing. Right. And that's what they're good at. And it just, it just, again, a, a new level of light bulb moment where it's like, okay, I can trust this. I can really let someone else handle these things that they're clearly better at than I am. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's what Tim Ferriss talks about in the four hour work week. He's like, that's the only way that you're going to have a four hour work week is Mm -hmm. if you can trust somebody else to be in their zone of genius and you stay in yours. Mm -hmm. So when we do that, 
yeah. magic. Yeah. It works. Yeah, it really does work. But yes, to your point, also contracts are important. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you have the contracts in place. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I want you to share a little bit of your journey to six figures of income and kind of maybe a little bit beforehand, what was going through your mind and um, what prompted you to really go after it? Yeah, this is a great question. So in let's see, last year was 2021. So in 2020, my business brought in about 42, $43,000. And I joined a quarter million mastermind, quarter million liberation mastermind with DL Sharon, my business coach. And in that mastermind, there were women in there who are all coaches to some extent. There was a accountant as well. And there is a plane flying over. So I apologize for that. But, um, in that mastermind, I was surrounded by people who had already hit six figures. I was surrounded by people who were about to hit six figures and to see them also going through their mindset struggles, to see them also going through their imposter syndrome and realize like, I'm not any different than them. Their business models are just like mine. There's no reason why I can't hit six figures this year. And I joined in, I think April or May of 2021. And I, honestly did not expect to hit six figures last year. At that point, it didn't look like that was what was going to happen, but I stuck with it, stayed in the mastermind. And then actually you asked what happened like right before. And so in October of last year, I moved into a house from my van. I moved into a house for the winter months because I'm in the mountains and van life in the mountains in the winter is not, not the vibe. (laughs) So I moved into a house. I had a really low month. It was my my birthday month. So I wasn't really launching anything. I also got COVID that month. I paid my first month's rent and deposit and pet deposit. And it was just like, oh my gosh, my bank account is empty. I feel so scarce. And I remember actually showing up in our abundance group and talking about it and feeling really held and supported within that abundance circle, which I love being a part of. And then the next month in November, I launched my breathwork breathwork facilitator training and it was a hit. I mean, people loved it. And the price was set to a point where I thought it was, I I mean, clearly it was a good price point for the pay in full option. So a lot of people paid in full. And I was like doing my numbers because I had avoided doing my numbers in October, which that seems to be a theme as well. Whenever I feel scarce, whenever I feel like I'm not making any money, it's because I'm not looking at the numbers. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I have a financial coach who, who has oh. spreadsheets and I just need to fill them in, you know? Um, so when I launched that in November and filled in those numbers, I was like, holy shit, I hit six figures. <laughs> And I was, and I, and well, I knew that with the payment plans that were coming in in December that I would hit six figures. Let's put it that way. And I was just like, kind of in shock because I didn't know that was about to happen. It wasn't like, I was like, all right, guys, five more K countdown, you know, it just happened. And I really think that it's because of surrounding myself with people who have already normalized that with yourself with the other women inside of the abundance group with the quarter million mastermind that I was a part of. I mean, it was just normalized in my subconscious that that is possible for me. And I mean, I teach manifestation and that's one of the biggest points of manifestation is, is normalizing something like that and having your subconscious fully behind the belief that it's possible for you. And once you believe that it's possible, then all these inspired action steps will come that get you there. Even if you're not 
consciously aware of that that's what's happening so that's kind of you know even though like the month before I had a dip like a low point in my entrepreneurial journey and in my financial journey the the next month was you know one of my it was actually my highest month at that point I think it was like a 15k month and so I was just like okay let's do it again next year (laughs) Yeah. Make it happen. You know, you bring up something interesting that I just realized, like that's, that's similar to how my journey tends to ebb and flow too. It's like when I have the lowest points and I do the work to look at the numbers, to do the thing, to, it's kind of this decision time, right? It's like this new, okay. Commit, like decide, commit, and then freaking take action and really be inspired to do the thing. And when, and then obviously when that happens, it's like blows up. So there's something to that. It's like, sometimes you just have to get in the shit. (laughs) Like it has to feel shitty in order for you to snap out of it and, you know, do the work. I'll be perfectly honest right now. I'm in that place. Like right now I'm in that slump or rather that point where I'm like, I am no longer energetically available for my bank account to look like this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just, so I run retreats, right. And part of running retreats is you have to leap first, right? You have to put down the down payment on the retreat center space and hold it before you sell anything because you have to have dates to tell people about. So there's a lot on a credit card right now. And I just wrapped up a retreat and paid that staff and, you know, it, and I just paid quarterly taxes. And so it's like, this is really tight, but I'm like, I'm willing to do whatever. I'm really literally willing to do whatever I um, put together a healing resume to take on some breath work and yoga classes locally. And I even spoke with a, um, with a, uh, local coffee shop that I always go to. And I saw that they had like part-time job opens and I was like, what, like, I'd be willing to talk to you about that. You know, I'm literally willing to do anything. Yeah. And this morning during our abundance circle, um, I was speaking with Mickey and an idea came through that I was like, that is a million dollar course idea. Like that is something that I think would just take off. And it's amazing how like, when you're willing to take those inspired action steps of like, I'm willing to get a job, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. You're at the vibration of like, I'm willing to do my part. What would you have me do? And mm-hmm. that's when those inspired action steps come that are like, launch a course on this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the world yeah. needs this. Yeah. And it's super clear, super aligned. And it's like, oh, and then you just know the steps that you need to take like intuitively. And I would, to your point, I would also say like vulnerably that I'm about a month out of like what you're experiencing right now, like that next level. Like I'm like, okay, I'm not at the the bottom of it, but I'm like, okay, on the hill climbing and like, okay, things are starting to create momentum. And I hired a new mentor and have a new coaching program that I'm in to be learning and experimenting. And my, my boyfriend yesterday, he's like, I'm just so inspired by like your capacity to want to learn more. He's like, you don't have to, right? Like, you know, your shit, but you still like humble yourself and and get into the weeds with yourself and still want to learn and open it up and, you know, unravel your brand story and do these things that you like you've done already. I'm like, yeah, but I still feel like I'm, you know, there's gaps. And so it's just like, that's the matter of doing the work, right? It's like, there's no no stone left unturned that you can't probably turn over again and like refine and renew and, and create into diamonds all across the board. So it's a really powerful testimony for you to experience that over and over again. And 
be honoring of yourself to be on that journey. And I think that's, what's powerful for the listeners. It's like, okay, do that for you. Like love yourself enough to do that for yourself and be willing to do whatever it takes, because that's where you get to go with it and get uncomfortable with it. So I love all of that. And when you're an entrepreneur, there really is no arrival point. Right. (laughs) Right? Like you can always make more money. So why not stop growing, learning and expanding? You know, it's not like we have a job and we're like, oh, I really want to be manager and get to that next level of income. Like, no, that next level of income can come tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. Like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so true. So one of my mentors, she also mentions this um, in one of her programs where she talks about how, you know, when she got to, in my, my journey, I'm looking to get to seven figures and it's like, okay, if you're still looking to get to seven figures, like just know that like, once you get there, it doesn't like stop, right? Like the learning doesn't, it's not like you've arrived. It's like the same old, same old. I'm like, because I was kind of like, I was like, once I get there, like that's the ticket. Right. And then she reminded me of this, which I knew at these different milestones I've already hit. I was like, ah, okay. Do I really want that? Is that? And it's like, okay, yes, I want it. I have to kind of say yes to it over and over and over again. And there are the ebbs and flows of like getting comfortable and sitting with it. And then just getting sick of your own shit of being comfortable and realizing, okay, there's more. Let me yeah get in the weeds again. So time to expand. Yep. (laughs) Um, I would love for you to share with the audience, um, any programs you have going on. I know you do retreats and anything that's coming up. Um, and then also share with the audience how they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a spiritual retreat for modern witches coming up in December 29th through January 2nd. It's a new year's ease retreat in Sedona, Arizona. So you can go to womanifestor.com to learn more about that. That's where all my programs are hanging out, womanifestor.com. And I also have a breathwork facilitator training, which I'm opening up this month on the summer solstice. It'll be open into for basically the rest of the summer. Um, and that is a really powerful program for healers, light workers, and coaches to add breathwork to their medicine bag. Um, and that comes with group coaching inside of full-time healer, which is my group coaching program. And that comes with lifetime access to all of those modules and upgrades as well. So we do meet live to actually practice facilitating breathwork and you'll get to do breathwork swaps and get testimonials from the people that you're swapping with and already start that portfolio of of testimony about how, how well you hold space after this program. So those are my two main programs right now. Love it. Can you share a little bit about the benefits of breath work? Because I'm, I, I love breath work. I don't talk about it that much, but I would love for you to share that. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So breath work is beautiful because the way I teach manifestation is that you set a goal as soon as you set a goal, your mind's going to go off and tell you all these crazy things about why you can't have it. Right. And then your job is to do shadow work around that. So breath work allows you to do shadow work. And then on the other side of shadow work is light work, which is installing these new beliefs that you can have this. It's inevitable that you have this source spirit, God universe wants you to have this, right. Um, that's the light work practice. And then there's the surrender, which is this or something better. I'm willing to be guided. I'm willing to be led. 
And breathwork lets you tap into all those different phases of manifestation, depending on where you're at, depending on what you're available for. What we basically are doing during breathwork is slightly initiating the stress response through the, the open mouth breathing. And what that does is you're at home, you're safe, you're in your bed with your spiritual support animal. And that allows you to go into the stress response and then also come out of it. So that also helps to create resilience to stress in the future, releasing past traumas and creating more resilience to future trauma as well. So breathwork is such a powerful and amazing tool because not only are you somatically releasing stress and trauma from the body, you're also tapping into higher and different levels of consciousness. I mean, breath is what keeps us alive, right? You don't, you can't exist without it. So when you're actually super ventilating your body, you are getting to, it's so hard to explain because every journey is a little bit different, but you're getting to this place of higher consciousness of, of, really, I mean, you're breathing in the universe on a more like intentional level. So what ends up happening is that people are releasing emotions and stuck energy that they've never allowed themselves to feel. They are um, applying forgiveness to people in the past who have hurt them so they can move on. They're tapping into bliss and peace. They're accessing inspired action steps for their life, business, and relationships. I mean, it is such a beautiful practice. I do it weekly and I'm constantly bringing my business problems to it and bringing my personal problems to it as intentions. And I always get exactly what it is that I need and I'm, and am available for at the time. So that's just a little slice of what breath works like. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share briefly, like my experience, I um, use um, some techniques through Joe Dispenza and I do them about every three days or so in the rotation and the breathwork one is so powerful to create this new emotional energy alignment with whatever emotion I want, right? Whether that's bliss or joy or peace or like whatever I'm setting the intention for. So it can really be a way to allow yourself to practice the new emotion that you just want to be well practicing and setting intentions for, like you said, the goals and the outcomes that you desire and aligning yourself to that energetic frequency. And when you do this, you're enabling yourself to be well practiced in all of these things. And to your point, like the resilience is a huge part of it, but the whole releasing and like, again, you're breathing. So you're letting things in and releasing things out. So even in the simple, simplest form of breathing, like you're doing something within your body that allows you to connect to energy outside of yourself, which is, oh, it's so good. So, uh, I love that everything you shared, thank you so much for your journey and sharing it and your vulnerability today. And I'm sure we'll talk again more soon. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me, Rachelle. Yeah. Thanks.